Back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us. This is a slightly modified Swizzy. We're going to try and wrap up the team by team analysis. Probably more of a quick fire pod. We'll do a rookies podcast, I think, once we see the JLT. So we'll round through things a bit better. But Swizz, thanks for joining us. Before we move on, though, on our socials, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. You can also find us on all your audio platforms like uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it. And search for us on YouTube, Supercoach Insider. Swizz, the Gold Coast Suns, are you optimistic or are you a hard sale? Oh, I feel really sorry for Stewie Jew. That uh, early uh, fixture, I think it's going to sort of put them back a little bit. But in saying that, every year the Suns seem to start the season on fire. So maybe they can cause a couple more upsets again because every every time it didn't matter. I think a couple of years ago they put the dogs away and still beat them. And they always seem to start the year three and four. Uh, and you know wins out of the first five or six rounds so yeah yeah maybe actually they can show up and uh beat some of these teams early but yeah i'm a bit worried about looking at that early fixture mate yeah it is definitely a little bit challenging i mean meanwhile west coast are a dollar 38 favorites i don't know how they're a dollar 38 favorites i think the suns probably roll them to be honest um anyway yeah west coast first melbourne giants carlton saints lions collingwood swans and frio so i mean it's not the easiest start to the year, um, the especially when you start looking that actually, at. Mate. Yeah, so it's it's one of those. You know, they could win a few games in there. It depends on how they start, but for me, it kind of makes me a bit more cautious. When you look at wits, uh, we've spoken about wits. We'll have you know Nick Natnui, Max Gorn, Flynn or Pruce. You know, a couple of easier ones there, but then Saints might be a double team. Lions with Oscar, then Grundy. So it's kind of, they play, he plays probably three of the better rucks straight away at the year. So for me, it's, it's not a good idea to start with based on the matchups and coming off an ACL. And that's probably where we're at, uh, you know, with Tuke Miller, I like Tuke, but with a harder matchup, you know, it's one of those ones where I'm like, can I just fade him a little bit and go somewhere else? So yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. We'll start off with talk about premiums. First of all, let's talk about Tuke Miller. Um, Tuke Miller, five, uh, he's what, 677K. So he's, what is he, third most expensive midfielder, which is a lot of quiche to pay. Um, but the upside is, is that number one, Tuke is going to be the main person in the engine room. You know, they lost uh, Greenwood. So Tuke, it's really going to be a Tuke show as far as he has to be the main go-getter. He also got unrewarded a lot for his tackles last year. So that is probably the big selling point for me when you look at a steal and a, uh, and a Tuke is that they actually tackled a lot and didn't get rewarded, which should change this year because they are extremely hot on prior. And if you do a little 360 or a little 180, bang, he's going to get rewarded. So I think there could be some upside, Swizz. What do you think? Yeah, it's a real balancing with Tuke because, yeah, as you said, those rule changes should help him because he's one of the, with him and Steele, are the two highest tacklers in the league. Um, you look at his start last year, he started a little slow and then yeah, he came home and the house on fire. So does that mean he starts slow or it's actually room for improvement because, yeah, maybe it was just, uh, you know, getting out some of those cobwebs in the, with the Suns and finding that midfield balance. No Greenwood anymore, so there's more reliance on him. 
Wits now back hitting the ball where they down to him where last year they had makeshift rucks for most of the year. So yeah, there is probably actually upside the more you think about it with Tuke. Um, there's not too many players outside of Rowley taking those points off him in the midfield. You know, they don't have a terrible midfield compared to some of the other teams. That's probably their strength. But in saying that, Tuke and Rowley are the two main boys. Um, and you, the only issue then comes, do teams put time into him? But with Miller, he, he's such a tackling machine. It's a bit like Jack Steele when they put time in him. He just goes and stands with someone else and just starts tackling the players. So those boys are hard to tackle. Um, Hard to lock down because they can play lockdown roles while they're being locked down. Yeah, no, I agree. And I guess the key part as well from the the last fourteen rounds. So in the middle stage, seven rounds at one thirty point one, and then another seven rounds at a one thirty two point three. So he definitely did finish the season extremely strong. And for me, the key part is he's had eighty six percent of his games were over a hundred. Uh, super coach. He had eleven scores over one twenty five or more. So he's definitely a good VC's kind of option. He, I think, gains a bit of confidence from last year, and he could be a bit of a point of difference because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, he might not back it up, or they kind of go, oh, I'll go with McRae or an Oliver, people that have done it, you know, once before or, you know, more times than he has. But I think there's definitely some value there. I'm extremely keen. I've had him in and out of my side a little bit, more because I think he has to be the one that scores um, for the Gold Coast. So it's, it's, um, I definitely can't fault you if you are starting him in draft leagues. So, Swizz, are you, would you jump extremely early or would you kind of just go around him a little bit? I guess it depends on who's there. And I see him going very early in a lot of drafts. And unfortunately, in the drafts I've been in, I haven't been that high up the ladder to even consider him. But yeah, it's it's one of those. You just It depends on what strategy and how the uh, draft format is. We are talking about before we came on the show, Benny, how you know, you're in a two-draft, a two-ruck, draft format before the other day so there you're targeting the rucks early but if you're just in that sort of standard one ruck um midfield heavy yeah i think you can rely on two because you know he play though he's had a few injuries over the time you know you're going to get at least 17 18 games out of him and you know for draft leagues that's all you're going to need and he's, he's going to score score premium scores so yeah it's there's, there's no reason why not to touch him with one of those early picks and let's move on to Matty Rao, probably the next most important pick for the Gold Coast. Definitely relevant for Supercoach for any sort of fantasy football you are playing. Also relevant for draft leagues because he does get taken fairly early as well. Matty Rao is 342000 extremely cheap based on what he can deliver, but it's his body that has people questioning things. So they're like, oh, Matty Rao injury prone, etc. But he wasn't really injury prone during his juniors. He was like, oh, wow, first injury. And he just had a bad little bit of run. His body looks good. He's training. He looks like an absolute beast. He as well has to be a big part of the engine room because with Greenwood gone, it list it literally has to be the Tuke, the Anderson, and the Rao show with a sprinkling of other players coming through. So Rao for me is extremely important. And people forget number one, he's three forty two k. Worst case scenario, yes, obviously everything could fall apart, but he's highly owned, twenty five percent or more at this point. If he goes off in the next uh, intra-club game, though, I mean, the uh, Amy series or whatever, he'll get heavily owned for sure. But even then, he has a high ceiling. So at a worst, outside of injury, I expect him to at least crack off a couple of big ceiling games, at least make 150000 He'll easily get to 500000 550k. And if you don't like him, if he doesn't look like a keeper, then you could easily go and actually upgrade him 
at a later stage. So I know he has the first buy, which is kind of the little bit of the iffy mark for me. But Matty Rao, when we look at how he started a couple of years ago, right, 80, 171, 141, 114, he has a ceiling. He can kick goals. He can get forward. He can get contested ball. He can make tackles. He's a good decision maker, right? So for me, it's a no-brainer. I am big on Rao. And I know some other people aren't, but he is someone that could definitely hurt you. He's probably the only mid-price, as in 300K sort of, I know some other people are, are ignoring him and going with a, was it the Western Border gone to Collingwood now? I can't remember his name. Uh, Lipinski. Uh, Lipinski. And I Raul every day of the week for me. Just, he's a, he's a freak. And the quality of player he was and how hyped up everyone was two years ago, if you were part of the 50% or whatever that started Raul last year, you have to double down this year. The talent doesn't just go away. Yep. And yeah. Sure. Swizz. Yeah. I've had him in and out. Like, how can you not like Rowley? The guy is the ultimate professional. Uh, just a couple of freak injuries obviously let him down. That could have been one of the great first seasons of footy. You know, anybody who comes out and in your first couple of games, he scores a 171 and a 141. Just shows the potential of this guy. Um, last year, naturally didn't have the same scoring. Uh, what, what was the final average there? Like a 63. So I think there's some people worried and go, well, maybe rail scoring isn't as high, but then some of those time on ground percentages weren't as high as you would have expected from rally. You know, they bit of a cautious re- approach as they were working him back in. And the Suns did have more midfielders last year. You know, they still got Swallow, Weller, who will probably be, you know, in that new role. Um, you know, they still giving game time to Anderson Greenwood, so there was quite a few guys in there, but as we've said, with Greenwood going, um, you know, Took's the number one midfielder, but I think they back Rowell in as that number two guy. And yeah, it's at worst case, you know, he, he, even on that game, I think it was against the D's where he played that little bit more game time, he still scored an 84. I think that that's kind of the worst case. He probably averages mid 80s and that at the very worst and that and potentially there it could be 95 100 so you're looking at that sort of oh well hewitt possibly even chera scoring um for a discount price so it's if he gets through this uh practice match with unscathed and looks like he's playing you know 70 percent at least 80 percent on anywhere between that time yeah it kind of becomes a no-brainer but it's just he's just got to get through this game unscathed and look like he's doing all the right things I agree. Um, let's touch on Lockie Waller now. We'll go Lockie Waller, 400,000. So we're starting to get into a little bit of that uh, mid-range sort of bracket. And we'll then probably sprinkle off with a few more drafts, a little bit of relevance here, everyone. So Lockie Waller, 400,000, being taken a little bit higher just based off his last, uh, what was it, the practice match. So Lockie Waller was playing, was it uh, defensive and then even pushing up to the wing a little bit, but he was getting kickouts. So that's a big one, particularly with, you know, was it Bose that's out for you know, a third of the season? That's kind of what's getting people interested. Do note though, however, he is a forward mid, I believe. So he won't actually pick up a third position. Um, so you're kind of stuck with that forward mid, but he could, with that role, average you a 90 plus. I don't think that's completely unachievable. Swizz, role dependent. Yeah, it very much is. Um, that's why once Bose went down, who unfortunately had in a couple of keeper leagues, um, I was really big on Will Powell instead. But it looks like, yeah, Weller 
when he first uh, got to the club, was playing some of that role, and that's why they kind of targeted him at the first place. You know, they gave up a massive high draft pick. I think it was Brayshaw's pick um, when they got him across from Frio. So he you know, has some qualities about him. I'm just worried about that sort of scoring. Yeah, maybe in a new role, but then he's played midfield before and averaged a top of 88. So he's he doesn't have the kind of scoring that some of the other players. Yes, he's priced at that 73 mark, but a guy who the last few years hasn't played 22 games, hasn't shown the potential to score big. You know, even in drafts, I'm not that you know bullish on him. You know, if he's even as a foot, like having that forward status, I'm like, well, yeah. What what's his best here, Benny? Like 80, 85. And that's still yeah, well, even with that wrong. He could, he could push ninety, but again, I wouldn't be picking him at that high price. Some people are jumping early, mm. and again, we saw this yesterday. I did a YouTube video with, um, or sorry, YouTubers, the draft league. You know, Butters went pick twelve. Heaney went like third round or something rather. People just all these hype players in draft leagues. Sometimes, and it, it gets quite boring because sometimes when everyone's going all the hype and it's all interesting, and they're picking all these players. You know, Lockie Weller jumping early. Sometimes it sounds boring, but you're best off looking at the next best available and loading up. And that's what happens in draft league. Sometimes you go in there and I'm, I was eyeing off butters, but I'm like, pick 12. I was like, fuck, have him. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if he averages 115, then pretty much you're going to get what you paid for him. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting one for me. Um, well, uh, in the same sort of boat, I'd pick him up at an 80 odd, 73. He averaged last year, I think 80. Yes, I'm not going to jump high on that. You want some fat on the bone. You want profits. And if you're paying what you expect to get from them, all you're ever going to do is either get your money back or lose if they don't meet your expectations. So that's uh, a funny one for me. Uh, I'm going to tie him in with here. Noah Anderson, 455K, not standard relevant, I don't believe, but draft leagues. Last in the so middle seven rounds, he averaged, um, what was it, 90.3. So first seven averaged 90.3. Last six averaged 93.2. Had a lull in the middle, which is probably to be expected, I guess. You know, fairly new player. Um, picking up at an 83 average when you're looking at drafting, I see why I don't see why he couldn't go 90 plus this year. He did it at the start of the year, did it at the end of the year, and I think he could probably string it together. And I think he's now more important to Gold Coast than previously as well. I have nothing but love for Anderson in a draft league or a deep draft league. I think he goes 90 plus easily. Swiss. Yeah, and I th- once again, I've got him in a couple of keeper leagues. It's just a no-brainer. His best mate. Um... Matty Rowell there, next, back next to him. Played the 20 games yesterday, yesterday uh, last year. Looked really good. That average of 83, it's just going to improve. You know, he's got all the skills. He was a number dra- two draft pick for a reason. And, yeah, a lot of people aren't touching. I see see him as the slider in a lot of drafts too. So, yeah, more than happy if you can sort of that M- M5 range. Absolutely perfect in that. Um, because, yeah, if he's still there at that sort of – well, what did we say? Average last year, eighty-three. You know, he's he has been there around that eighty-five mark with some drafts I've seen. So you're actually getting what he paid. You know, he, what he's worth um, last year, but with the potential to you know score those nineties. And yeah, I'm more than happy to tar- so even target him that little bit earlier because I think he's such a good player. And with Greenwood going, we know those those extra minutes now. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, so let's round out a couple little, just more, a little bit more draft relevance here for everyone. Okay, so a couple here. Here's an eye on now. It's, it's if you're playing in a real deep draft league, um, Jeremy Sharp, man, he, he passed the aesthetic test. He actually put on some muscle, put on some size. He was already extremely fit. 
Now, he was one that they actually traded Geelong for because they still rated him as a first-round pick, and he went like pick 27 because he was a bit skinnier, but super fit. He's put on some size. He actually outran a couple of people down the wing. He's doing so much stuff there where in a deep draft league, I actually think he could be one to break out a little bit. And there's a lot of those mid-range Gold Coast players. If they start winning more games, there's definitely some of that pie and some of that development that could be had between you know, Jeremy Sharp, uh, Isaac Rankin as well, banged out a couple of hundreds in his first year and looked really dynamic, lost it last year, but apparently he looks back to being quite impressive. So even in a real draft, like no one's going to pick him up. And Isaac Rankin, when you have a 16-team um, you know, he's definitely someone that I could pick up for some upside if you're looking, you know, quite deep. Uh, and that's probably about it. Like Witsy, I'd probably you know, leave in a draft league. Yeah, if you get desperate, you could probably pick him up quite late in a draft league. Um, and that's kind of about it. Like as far as, you know, when you look at draft relevancy, your swallows and your Ellis's, you're kind of going to get what you expect. Will Powell is one I'm probably, um, you know, half decent on. Lukosius playing forward. I'm probably avoiding Lukosius. He might average 80 again, but... Man, like, you know, you look at when, you know, King went down, so now you probably have your Levi, Casbolts, um, you know, your few of your other players sort of doing the, the forward role. It's one of those things where Lukosius, I'm like, as a forward, I'm not as keen. Swizz, any other smokies you got? Um, yeah, you know what's interesting about Rankin? So I'm in a uh, draft league with 30, uh, we have 30 players, and 20 get, uh, we get to keep 20 of them. And Rankin was still there as a draftable player. I think even those mid, sort of about 25 and that, because he's just not been touched. Um, probably haven't seen the best of him yet. So could be a little smoky there in a lot of leagues where you could be your last pickup and you're like, oh, well, Rankin's there. I may as well throw him on because there's a lot more love for the like the Darcy McPherson's or even Alex Sexton I've seen go because they've sort of done it before and had their moments where, yeah, I think a few people just kind of just forget about some of those players, and I think Sharp's a really good call there, mate. Um, oh, they've yeah. got talent coming out of their ears too. And, and, and that's their biggest probably issue is like how do you fit all the, this talent in week to week? And at some point, if they can keep them together, they're going to be fantastic. Um, Matt, Mac Andrew, if you're in a keeper league, you know, worthy to pick up late and chuck on your bench. Um, what's Wits now? 31? something like that. And, you know, we've got those injury concerns that pick him maybe, up yeah. as the next Ruckman. So yeah, if you've, if you're in a deep keeper, chuck him on, chuck him on there. But outside of that, you're right about Lukosius. I wouldn't be touching him playing key forward. Um, there's no upside there. Um, Brandon Ellis has been actually left in a lot of drafts late. A lot of people aren't touching him, um, but he has the potential off half back to, you know, pump, pump Get out those nineties. And get DPP. So, yeah, he he's not a bad one if you yeah if you're looking at and he's still there deep in your draft. Yeah, absolutely. Go grab Brandon Ellis. But yeah, it's a hard one for some of those other ones because they can chop and change a little bit. Like they've brought in Chol as well. They've actually it's the, it's the Richmond seconds. Yeah, yeah, Chol, Ellis, Markov. Um, it's all these boys that yeah you know, remember watching it down at Punt Road, but. Um, so it's it's going to be hard to sort of work out what their best 22 is. We, I think we probably know their best 16, but the next six guys, and that makes it a little bit hard for draft. So if you're in a draft league where you've only got four on the bench, maybe avoid some of these guys. If you're in a draft league where there's sort of eight on the bench, you probably could handcuff a couple of them because, you know, you can every week there might be one of them playing, one of them won't be. So, yeah, this, the Suns, I think it's all dependent in draft on how the structure again. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, one that I am also keeping an eye on is, you know, again, they have talent. So with 
you look at uh, Isaac Rankin. I picked him up in a keeper league because people dropped him. He had a bad year and they drop him. I'm like, man, he was pick what two? He looks so talented. Three. And yeah. um, well, yeah, and he can go through the midfield. So uh, the other one, Sam Flanders as well. Apparently, he's working really hard. Impressed in the practice match and is working hard on transitions. So I think even just for the future, ones to watch for because I think Flanders has a lot to give as well. Um, Atkins as well. So I'm going to go a couple little draft uh, standard relevance just to touch on briefly. Number one. Rory Atkins, 248K, could end up going on the wing. Didn't really feature much last year. Didn't really score very well either. I think eight games at a shit average. Um, so I don't know if he's actually relevant at all. I mean, they signed him up for so long. And the ones that we're watching in the preseason, probably looking at, uh, I think it's your mate, Alex Davies at 202,000 midfielder. Played one game at the end of last year and looks to have played well in the trial game. So he's one to watch. The next one, Elijah Hollands, 123K. Uh, mid-forward, highly owned. Yeah, I think he played VFL, so I'm not sure if that's a, trying to get some exposure into his body or something, but he was on the wing, had three shots on goal. Keen to see if he plays in the Amy um, preseason game. And the other one is also, I think, Ned Moyle is uh, was impressive against Lysette. He's a ruck, 123K ruck. Now, if Wits goes down and gets injured again, he looks like he would actually be the one to take over in that ruck department. And, uh, yeah, he, he apparently impressed uh, up against Lysette before he tweaked an ankle. And could be an option if Wits doesn't get up or gets injured. Yeah, I'll throw in Joel Jeffrey as well, um, one twenty-seven forward, um, just as another option. You know, if especially Day with his injury history, their forward line could end up looking like Lukosius, Joel, Jeffrey, and Chol at some point throughout the season. Yeah, Casbold, well, we know his body as well. So um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets a run at some point. So you know, the scoring potential is probably not huge there, but at the same time with the right draw, um, you know, some of those softer games later on could come in and kick a couple goals and you know, score 40, 50 points at his price. The forward line's not that dire, though. I mean, it's not great. It's kind of like a two-bit forward line. But, you know, Casbolt, Chol, um, Corbett, do you know what I mean? So it's, and then you put in... Um, you know, when you sort of try and sprinkle in a little bit of Lacocious, et cetera, it's not the best forward line, but I've seen, you know, worse. Oh, I don't know if it's a bit, mate. I said the Suns, I've, I've, I don't mind, I don't mind their back line. I don't bad. mind their, 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 their midfield. I think their midfield's quite good, but oh, it's, it's a yeah, even like line, Sex, but... yeah, well, Sexton, McPherson have shown it before, but it, it doesn't, you know, fill me with a lot of confidence. I think up there, where the ball hits the ground and those games where, you know, it's 60 points can win you a match. Um, they'll be in some games there, but on the uh, faster decks down here, like at Marvel or over in Perth and that, I think they're going to really struggle to score. I think their midfielders have to kick a lot of goals. And I think Rankin is probably more important to them than he realizes. Mm-hmm. He needs to kick 40 plus this year, Rankin, I think. As yeah, a small... Not going to happen. I can't see it happening. Yeah, we'll see. Darcy McPherson still kicking around. Anyway, that wraps us up for Gold Coast. Nice and simple, nice and short. Probably sums up the Gold Coast quite well, actually. But um, <laughs> as for the rookies, we'll keep an eye on that. You know, Elijah Hollands will touch on that as we after we see the um, the Amy series, and we'll go into rookies in a bit more depth because at the moment, I think rookies are definitely up in the air, and we're not sure. We need a little bit more data, so we'll watch this weekend coming up intently and uh, go from there. All right, thank you, Swizz. We will yeah. move on now to the GWS, also known as the uh, Carlton Affiliate, handing all their players over, and um, we'll catch you next time, guys. <laughs> See ya. Bye.
The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Care 